0: Hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, back at school. Uh, my kids are back. Your kids are probably headed back to school soon, and it's, uh, it's an exciting time. And I could tell you, I'm excited about it for a couple of reasons, but uh, not that uh, I don't love having my kids out for summer and running them all over creation. <laughs> I just... Uh, it's good to have them back uh, in a routine and back in school. And I know you, uh, you feel me on that. So yeah, I just, uh, I'm pumped about that. So guys, thank you for, for being here. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me today. Cause as you saw in the show notes, we're doing a solo. Um, Because I, I just, I got some things I just want to talk to you guys about and I want to do some thanks and I do uh, want to get into some things. So first of all, you know, I, I couldn't do this show coming up on uh, almost four years. Uh, crazy to me. And uh, I mean, it's been three years and eight months, but I, I, I rounded up. But <laughs> who doesn't? We call it Preacher Count and you just kind of round up a little. But yeah, it's, it's nuts. And I couldn't do what I do. And I couldn't do this show without you, uh, the listener, obviously. And um, I couldn't do this show without my sponsors. And I, and I love... Uh, my sponsors uh, because I've built a relationship with them and I have built a friendship and it's just been amazing Uh, going back to, to smart choice, the fastest growing agency network uh, for a reason. And, you know, they've got over 10,000 agencies strong now, and it's because they, they love you uh, and they want to help you, whether it's helping you get markets or helping you write more business, whatever it might be, they just love it. And I'm so appreciative of them and the support they've given me. And, um, it's just, it's just cool. and you're going to hear some episodes with them again, coming up soon. And so anyhow, uh, guys, if you haven't checked them out, I really highly encourage you to to do that, especially right now in this hard market, they could really help you with the personal lines or commercial or even benefits for that matter. And also my, my canopy connect who has been with me from the jump. They are, uh, the one click solution to getting those deck pages that you need to quote your prospects. And, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do this show without them. I couldn't do it uh, without you guys telling me how much you love them or every, every time someone signs up, <laughs> sorry, every time someone signs up for canopy using the uh, backslash Heath, they call me almost immediately be like, Oh my gosh, I've been on uh, canopy connect for a week now and it's already changed my agency. And it's already changed the game you got to check them out, man. They're, they're incredible. Um, if you need to know more, go to the website and check it out. They help you get deck pages and loss runs and, and information that you need to quote your prospects in one single click. Guys, uh, as you've probably heard for almost two years now, we've got another incredible sponsor in CoverDesk. And Andy Priestman. If you haven't seen him on LinkedIn or social, you got to find him. Uh, he's posted recently an incredible hard market post. And it's some really cool post uh, about the industry and just seeing what he's doing, following his career alone is just super cool and what he's doing. And he's spending a lot of time overseas and pouring into people. And that's what I love about CoverDesk because it's not just something that's going to to help you, obviously, but it's also something that. He's taking it as a passion project of his. He's pouring into people and helping people in another country to to make a better lives for themselves. And those virtual uh, virtual assistants come into your agency, become a part of your team, become a fabric of your agency, become the backbone of your customer service journey or of your employment um, your employer employee journey. Because they're going to help take those tasks off of someone's plate so they can open up to spend more time doing what they do best. You know, we have a lot of people that call me, they use them forward-facing, where they're on the phones and they're talking to clients. And I've got some that just use them for administrative tasks. Uh, I've got some that use VAs for accounting, for bookkeeping, for all kinds of things. So uh, I would highly encourage you to jump into uh, CoverDesk.com, check them out, and whether you need a team or just one, they're incredible. Uh, Um, but you know, I, I've got a couple more uh, that I want to get into later, but just, uh, for those who want to get into content, uh, I, I do want to start, um, by obviously just saying thank you again. And, and I think people that think that kindness and gratitude is a sign of weakness is, is crazy. Um, because it, the world wouldn't go around, um, without that. Uh, And so there's a lot of people in your life that have helped you to get to where you're at, uh, whether it's your parents, whether it's your family, whether it's your uh, employees, uh, whether it's your best friends, your church, your community. And it doesn't hurt every now and then to say thank you. And so I want to spend a few minutes right now doing that because gratitude uh, is such an important thing in this industry and in this world. And if there's someone in your life that's helped you get to where you're at now, take a few minutes and just say thank you. Send a text message. I try to to send out text messages throughout the week intentionally. I'm not going to lie. It is an intentional thing that I do, uh, but it's a genuine intentionality because I want my friends to know that I love them. I want them to know I'm praying for them. I want them to know that they mean something to me. And I try to do it in the moment, obviously, uh, when they do something for me, I say, hey, thank you so much. But I definitely want to be something. When you get that random text from somebody that says, hey, I was thinking about you. Oh, so far. It's crazy. Uh, I get so many uh, positive responses for that. And that's not why I do it. I do it because I love you and I love my friends and I, I love my family. And it's just something that's important to me. And and showing that kindness, just, you know, it's not dorky. It's not weakness. It's not um, anything else like that. Uh, and I've had people that have talked to me about me and you're, you know, you're too kind, you know, you're too much like Switzerland. You're too this or that. I can't be that way because then people will trample all over me. And every time I show this or that people trample me, it's not about that. I mean, you can have kindness and gratitude and you can do that in a way that is not weak or not a way that's going to let people walk all over you. And it is empowering and it does help you to get further and it helps other people to get further. And I've always just lived by the motto of just letting people, um, or putting other people ahead of me and putting people in front of me and I, And I want to do that. And it's never about me. And it's never about uh, getting any glory for myself. I never started this podcast to become insurance famous. I never started this podcast to become an influencer. I never started this thing for any other reason than I just want to give back to an industry that's given so much to me for 20 years. So that's important to me. And I I do, I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy the feedback. I do enjoy getting the emails from you guys. I do enjoy the text messages and the DMs. It means the world to me that we've built this community and that you guys feel comfortable enough to reach out to the mayor and say hi. And when you see me at events and you've come to hear me speak, I I had uh, a listener of the show that told me the other day they're driving all the way to Kansas. and They don't even live near Kansas (laughs) uh, to hear me speak uh, at an event uh, because it was like, it's only a four or five hour drive. I'm going to come. And that really meant a lot to me. And, uh, I'm just, I love it. And, and I love the community that I've built and I love the community that we've built. And I love the the sponsors and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, again, back to the feedback thing, I, I got a, uh, an email and I've got several actually, uh, from a single post that i posted and a video that I created, I guess it's been a while back now. So maybe go back and find it, but it was about leadership and, it, it it just it was just something that I just put out. It was part of an interview I think that I was on or um, something I can't remember what I was doing, but uh, the clip that I posted was uh, about humility and leadership and it was about uh, empowering your team. And I got lots of positive feedback and I got lots of uh, follow-up interviews from other people. I say I say lots a couple. Uh, but I got some opportunities from that and and I wanted to just say thank you. That means a lot to me. Because uh, again, I don't do it for fame or for glory or anything. I do it for you. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to to say that, and I wanted you guys to to kind of hear my heartbeat on that a little bit. And you know, as we talk about humility and gratitude, and we talk about um, kindness and putting others ahead of yourself, you know, really before I get, I'm reminded of my high school basketball coach. And I want to get into that story here in a minute, but I I just the story and and, uh, the the way he was with me, uh, it was just one of those things I'll never forget. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons from my coach and I didn't realize at the time, but it's been something that I'll never forget. And if you guys could just uh, go back in time with me a little bit to the late nineties. Yes, I'm old. Uh, I got lots of gray in the beard. If you guys can't tell, Um, but what I wanted to get into was this uh, this coach that has had. His name was Coach V, and he, he taught me a lot, and I didn't realize how much he had taught me at the time. And now that I've fast forward several years uh, to where I'm at today, I've noticed some of the principles and the things that I, I use in my own leadership that travel all the way back in time to this coach. And, and, and now that I look back, this guy truly changed my life. And so I start off with just to set up the stage here, Uh, our, our practices and our tryouts and everything that we would do, he would have these things called intervals that we would do. And we would come into the gym at six o'clock in the morning, uh, which back at the time was super early nowadays. I get up before then every morning anyway, but back then as a teenager and, uh, 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought, man, this guy's crazy getting me up this early, but we would come in and he would have 60 minutes on the clock and, uh, would just have us run up and down the court. Um for 60 minutes solid. That's that's an hour for those who <laughs> don't know simple math. But um uh and it was just one of those things to where and the best thing about it, uh looking back now at the time I thought it was crazy, but now I look back and it was I understand some of it, but he would put on uh his his favorite tape or CD or whatever it was, and it was uh Jack and Diane, it was it was small town, it was R O C K in the USA it was John Cougar Mellencamp's greatest hits basically Um, hurt so good, you know, some of the greats out there, but he would put on and it would just be a repeat uh, of this album um, for an hour. And we would, we couldn't slow down very much. You know, we could jog, but we couldn't walk for sure. And we couldn't put our hands on our knees. We couldn't stop. If we did, he added more time, but it was just at the time I understood because we wanted to outrun our opponents and we wanted to create endurance and all that kind of stuff. I get it. But, just to set up the stage for this, this guy and how intense some of our practices this before we even touched a basketball got into place, we would get after it uh, early in the morning. And then after that we would get a water break and then we'd go over plays and whatnot and video and whatever else, but, but yeah, 60 minutes of just solid running. But uh, this guy, some of the things he would have us do uh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, summertime and it is time to look your best and i know that you know it's tough out there it's hot i mean in arkansas here in the south it has been 110 every day and you know manscaped wants to help you stay cool uh, while it's so hot out there and so using the products over at manscaped whether it's the the beard hedger pro to, to trim up your face because it gets hot i'm not gonna lie i've had this beard now for i don't know decades and um you know it does get hot i'm not gonna lie so having that that beard hedger pro to be able to to trim that down and it's got the roller balls so to be able to to roll that down to a comfortable number that helps me to stay cool and then you know you, you want to look good when you're at the pool or when you're at the beach or when you're at the lake or you're fishing or you're wherever if you take your shirt off man, you want to look good right so guys get that uh get the lawnmower take care of that chest hair, take care of the arm hairs, whether you're trimming or you're, you know, taking it all the way down uh, to the skin. It it looks good. Uh, I actually believe it or not. I was surprised. I thought, duh, but I had a swimmer reach out to me and said, man, I have to shave my arms and my legs every day, you know, for my swimming or every week, whatever it might be. But just to have that was so much easier just to run it through one time. And I didn't have to use shaving cream. I didn't have to do the whole nine. I just able to use the, Really cool. I was like, duh, why didn't I ever pitch this to swimmers? But anyway, guys, uh, check out Manscaped. And if you want to, I've I worked out a deal with them. We get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code MAYOR. Guys, check it out. Uh, whether you're wanting to take care of some below-the-waist grooming, uh, some body hair grooming, or you're just wanting to take care of your face with your eyebrows and your ears and your, uh, your nose and your facial hair, manscaped.com. Use the code MAYOR at checkout. Guys, also, you may have seen uh, we've got a new sponsor on the program, and that is Old School Marketing. And Old School Marketing is so cool because what they've done is uh, the the founder of Old School Marketing, he was on the show not too long ago. You may want to check that one out. He uh, figured out a way to save his agency using direct mail. And what he did was he took it to another level, and he started doing handwritten cards, handwritten envelopes, handwritten the whole nine. And literally, not a font, but he literally has a team that handwrites. And that personalization just makes people want to open that up because so it looks like a card from grandma. And when they open that up and your message is there, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and the open rates so much better and the closing rates are better. You just want to check it out. If you're doing direct mail marketing right now and you want to change a little bit, Check out oldschoolmarketing.com. If you're not doing it yet, you think, oh, this is this is old school. They found a way to make old school cool, and they found a way to make it productive and effective. And the ROI is there 100%. And uh, they want to give a discount to people who are listeners to the show. So if you'll use Town 10, you can get a, a good discount there of 10% off. So check that out. Go to It's O L D E schoolmarketing.com and check it out. Now let's get back to the show. I'll never forget, like one of the drills that we would do uh, every single morning. Bear with me here. There's a reason why I'm going through this, but I want you to hear some of this. And some of you guys that played basketball or girls that played basketball may know some of these drills. But one of the drills I thought was just crazy at the time, he would set us up in in two rows, you know, uh, beside each other uh, with a little space in between. And he would roll a basketball out um and just on the floor, just kind of roll it or bounce it or whatever it might be, out to midcourt. And as soon as he did that, a whistle would blow, and we would have to run and race each other to that basketball. And it would be – or the goal was to dive on the ball and to get to that ball and, and make sure that, you know, kick, slap, bite, uh elbow, whatever, wrestling, whatever it took to get that ball. And – I would come home with with blood on the knees and would just strawberries, raspberries, whatever you want to call those, and bruises and banged up, and it would be uh, just an absolute brawl to make sure we got that basketball. And the point of that was he was talking to us about doing the the hard things that nobody else wants to do. You know, typically when you see you know a ball roll across, what well, someone might try to run to it, and bend over and grab it, but we were to just all out dive for it and make sure that that ball was in our possession. And uh, it was just an insanely intense uh, drill that we had to do. And I'd come home and friends of mine that I would talk to would be like, man, um, you're playing basketball, right? This looks like like football injuries, you know, and I got hip injuries. And, you know, there would be bite marks and there would be just elbows flying. And I'd sometimes have black eyes or whatever, just literally just flying down the court. To make sure we got that basketball, and again, just doing the things that nobody else would do, and making sure that you know we were the ones diving after the loose balls to gain an extra possession or two. And again, there's a lesson to be learned there. And you know, a, another thing, you know, that he taught us, that he would talk to us about that. I'll, you know, to this day, I, I think about. It. For me, this was fundamental uh, changes in my life that, as a 16 year old, I didn't understand at the time, but I do now, and I practice some of this. He would tell us, if you have to come out of the game at any point, if I substitute you out, I don't want you going to the bench, sitting there with the towel over your head and sulking and wondering when the next minute you're coming in. No, you are staying involved in the game. I want you cheering. I want you high-fiving. I want you yelling. I want you cheerleading your team from the sidelines at any moment. I mean, you could sit down for a minute to catch a breath, get your Gatorade or your water, Powerade, whatever it was, but then you're on your feet and you are into the game. You are intense. You were talking. You were screaming you are cheering on and encouraging your teammates the entire time so that we stayed in the flow and the rhythm of the game so that when you go back in there's not an acclamation period you are in the game you know what's going on you know who's hot who's not what plays have been running what's not been working what has been working and when you get in you high five you do the the butt slap the whole nine of let know the guy that came out for you did a heck of a job and you're communicating the entire time when you're on the sidelines and it was something that was fundamentally game changing because not only is it encouraging to your teammates not only is it something that keeps you involved in the game but it's also a distraction to the other team it's also just showing that unity it was just something that i'll never forget and you know it started making me think as i've gotten older and the other day when i was you know talking about leadership i started thinking about coach v and the biggest you know leader that i had in my life at that time And yeah, I had great parents, I had a a, great minister and whatever it might've been, but coach V single-handedly, you know, changed my life in so many ways. And I go back to some of the things to talk about, and I come away with two or three things that I want to share with you that kind of, you know, go and coincide with that post I made uh, about leadership. And I want you guys to think about this. And number one, it makes me think about, you know, as a leader, whether you're the owner of the agency, whether you're a principal of the agency, or whether you're an account manager or a producer, there's leadership skills to be learned from this. And, you know, number one, you think about the endurance that you have to have as a leader and, you know, running up and down that court, you know, and it just makes me think as a leader, you're going to need to be called upon at any given time to be able to do things. Or if a customer walks in and needs something from you, or the phone rings, something happens, or with market shifts and changes, you've got to be able to have endurance, And I, and I think about the hard market we're in right now, (laughs) you know, and and it's one of those that I've never seen anything like it. And I've been in this industry 20 years and I think we still got a long way to go on it, but you got to have that endurance and you may have to stay late. You may have to get up early. You may have to get more creative. You may have to do some things uh, that you hadn't been able to do before, but you need to have that endurance to be able to outlast your opponents, to be able to outthink your opponents, to be able to be clear headed when this market's changing, when things are happening, just having that, mental image for me and maybe for you too of thinking about that interval of running up and down the court and conditioning you know i, I one of my good friends and you know partner in crime right now i've heard it for, sid Rowe, and we talk about her training for triathlon she's a triathlete and she talks about endurance training and running and biking these long bike bike rides some of you that are bike riders right now you know I'll never forget. uh, I I tried to get into cycling. And if you know me, I'm a big boy. Cycling just didn't work for me. But I remember bragging to a friend of mine that was a cycler. And I said, Yeah, I got out, I had a great long ride. I rode 12 miles this weekend. They're like, 12 miles? That's just warm up. (laughs) And I was like, Wait a minute, 12 miles? That's a long time for me. And I'm sitting here, you know, bragging about that. But again, I digress, you know, thinking about that endurance training and having to do that. I think we need to uh, be able to focus on having that endurance as a leader and having that endurance as a person on your team to be able to perform when you're called upon at any given time. You know, I also think about, you know, the, the parts of a leader that is uh, being open into communication and being an encourager and being someone that is positive and uplifting and, and cheerleading your team on. I think there's so much negativity in our world, so much negativity in agencies. And again, I talk about a hard market. I talk about market shifts and I talk about the things going on with carriers and with this and with that, it's so easy to get negative and it's so easy to get down in the dumps to get upset and get just ticked off for lack of better words, because uh, it is tough and you feel like oh, the carriers aren't on my team or you know, my account managers or CSRs or the owner of the agency or the producers or you know, by technology or the partners we have here and there, they're not on the same page and everyone's always against me or this or that, you know, it's so easy to get negative and get down the dumps, but, you know, to, for you to be a leader, be that voice of, you know, way to go and, and cheering on the sidelines and, and being excited and noticing the little things and calling those things out, being an encourager in the workplace is such a huge Um, uplift and such a huge lift in your leadership and in your agency and and in your family and and whatever you're doing. Uh, But I think a a key component of being a good leader is being a good communicator and being able to to highlight uh, your teammates when they're doing something right. And I think um, as a leader in the agency, I think if you could call those people out uh, even if it's just a simple call out on a meeting to say, Hey, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Sally or to Joe or to Tommy or whoever it might be to say, man, I noticed last week, uh, you did this or that, or you did a great job on getting this quote out to me, or you did a great job on and remarketing these three accounts or whatever it might be. I think that's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> I just, I, um, uh... I know this sounds just so fundamental and easy, but I don't see it a lot. And I've been in thousands of agencies throughout my career in consulting roles and and marketing roles and sales roles. I think it happens near enough. And I think it's something I learned from Coach V through that uh, exercise and being that cheerleader and being that motivator. And I think that uh, it's going to make a huge, massive impact in your agency. If you could be that guy, be that girl, be that person in your agency, that's an encourager. And that is lifting up, you know, the other thing I think about is, uh, and I still to this day have, uh, PTSD thinking about this drill, but, um, seeing that loose ball on the floor and diving after it and making those extra hustle plays, it just makes me think as, as a leader and as someone in your agency, um, I know for me personally, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Uh, I'm not, uh, the most skilled, uh, in, in not in athletics, but in, in just general in life. But I do know that I can outwork the next guy if I want to. If I put my head down, I get after it. You don't, it doesn't take a lot of skill to outwork somebody. It just takes that want to, that drive, that passion. And I think that's something that we could all do. You know, um, it requires uh, just effort. Um, and if you want to be that person that makes those extra hustle plays, uh, that does, goes the extra mile, that, uh, you know, uh, it, it takes just a little bit more and you could be that, uh, that difference maker in your agency. And, you know, people talk about those people at the water cooler, uh, people talk about those people and you want to be in that conversation, right? You don't want to be the lazy one that just kind of does just enough to get by. You want to be the one that is making those extra plays that is, is hustling and that is getting after it. And I think that's going to go a long way. And so again, I go back to, uh, the story of, of my coach and some of the things that he had taught me. And, you know, um, he, he had this commitment um, to excellence and the commitment to outworking the opponent and this commitment to the hustle place because he knew small town Arkansas, you know, and at a private school for that matter and undersized. And uh, we were, uh, we didn't have near as talented uh, of a team as our opponents. And we didn't have those things. But we won a lot of games and we went into uh, state tournaments and we went into district tournaments because we had the hustle, because we had the grit, because we were the underdog, because we had that mentality that I think that you have to have as as a leader to be able to outwork your opponents. And so I think uh, for me, I I started thinking about that. And I want to share a little bit of that with you, just part of my journey, part of my story of leadership as it leads up to – just the post uh, that I had posted the other day, and I appreciate so much of the feedback. And you know, that afternoon um, after I posted that evening, when I was looking through comments and and uh, DMs and emails, and I had so much in response to that, just thanking me for talking about that. And if you didn't see it, you know, I had recently uh, read an article about um, a guy named Satya Nadella who was uh, the CEO of Microsoft and what uh, what he had done in and the beginning stages of his career there, um, with, um, you know, with Microsoft and, and some of those, uh, pitfalls or not pitfalls, but some of the, um, I guess the, the, the challenges he had to overcome, um, and, you know, he's still the CEO there and he's done a lot of cool things there. And, and one of the things he had to do was uh, climb a mountain of, you know, uh, kind of being a little seen as behind the times as Microsoft with cloud technology and with some of the things going on and, you know, changing the, the culture uh, of what Microsoft was. And one of the things he did was he did that uh, by embracing diversity and diversity, and diversity in culture and in, in race and in gender and in so many things. And this was back, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, almost. And some of the things that he did was uh, make sure that he was available Uh, and he was having conversations uh, with uh, people in Microsoft, not just at the C-suite level, not just in the ivory tower, but he was talking to um, his employees and letting them know that their voice was heard and letting them know that he was open to collaboration and and opening the doors for that. And so, you know, I, I started thinking about that and his humility in that, because he didn't have to do that. He could have just been the guy in the ivory tower and uh, making those decisions, but he wanted to make sure he heard his people. He wanted to make sure that he was encouraging them and he was opening up the lines of communication with humility. And I I think that, you know, for us as uh, insurance folks and as leaders in our communities and leaders in our church and leaders in our families and, and leaders in everything that we do, I think that's one of those things that we need to uh, to work on and being grounded and approachable. And, you know, he, uh, you know, one of the things I talked about was humility being a superpower. And when you're humble, you create a safe space, you know, for people to feel comfortable and, you know, people to share ideas and, you know, putting your ego in the backseat. Um, and I, I think there's so much to that. And imagine uh, if you will, how empowered your team would be and how much they would step up and how much uh, they would be willing to run through a brick wall, so to speak, if they felt heard. And so as a leader, I think that's something we got to do. And, you know, just a little sidestep there for a minute. You know, I, I started thinking about uh, leadership in a different way because uh, for me, it's family first <laughs> and everything that I do. Uh, I think about you know, my family and and some of those things. I think, you know, a lot of professionals I know, whether in the industry of insurance or if they're in a different industry altogether, they put so much time and effort and focus on being a leader in their office and being a leader at their workplace and being seen as this leader in whatever the industry they're in. And, And I think they forget about being a leader at home and being a good husband, being a good father and being a good son or daughter, being a good mother, being a good whatever it might be. Um, Because, you know, it starts there. And and I I think that um, if you don't get that in order first, I think it's gonna be difficult for you to do those things at the workplace and do those things at home, do those things in your community, do those things other places. I think it starts at home. And I think it starts with uh, being present at home, being present with your kids, being present with your with your wife, being your husband, your spouse. Being present in those areas is crucial, uh, and I think too many times we, we lose sight of that, and too many times that we're so focused on being the first one in the office and the last one to leave, and you know we we're focused on when we are at home. We're not intentional with that time at home, and when we are at home, we're we, we're on our phones, we're checking our emails, we're checking our um, our technology to see, you know, uh, what tasks we have going on tomorrow or what accounts going on and our mind is elsewhere. And I think you have to be able to be a good leader at home and check in and know what's going on with your kids at school. What's going on with your kids, sports stuff, what's going on with their dance recitals or their choir rehearsals or whatever it might be. And then, you know, most importantly, checking in with your spouse, how are they feeling? How are they doing? And practice some of these things at home as well and really engage at home. You know, uh, encouraging at home, being a a thought leader at home, uh, being involved in the day to day household things. I, I think that's crucial, and I know you know I'm getting off of insurance a little bit, but I think this is huge, and this is my show, so I can do this. But I, I want you guys to be thinking about that as leaders. You got to start at home, and so you know, as we go back into into the workplace and talking about leadership there, uh, I think that. Uh, or I know that it's something that, you know, in, in a hard market, in a soft market, in a, a place where people are uh, really looking, whether it's for, uh, I'm looking for a, a new producer, I'm looking for a new CSR, I'm looking for a new market, I'm looking for innovation, I'm looking for the newest and the latest and the greatest in technology, and I've got shiny object syndrome, or I've got uh, a need here that I've got to fill, I've got a void here, I've got to grow my new business. It's a lot of pressure from every direction in our industry, right? I think it starts uh, and you've got to be able to have strong leadership in your agency. And I think that includes delegating and maybe bringing on people to help you. I don't think you can do it alone anymore. And if you've got a good team, I think you may need to, to look at tapping into some of them to say, you know, we're going to get in this new project. We're looking for a new carrier to help us in this area. Maybe tap some of your account managers, your CSRs, maybe some of your producers, send me some other team members to help you in that. Or we're looking to uh, add a new staff member of some sort. And, you know, think about uh, group dynamics and interviews. Think about getting them involved. Ask them if they know anybody looking. You know, get your team involved in some of these things. Maybe you're you're struggling with uh, remarketing, or you're struggling with an account that you can't. Uh, wrap your head around how to solve an issue, you know, get some, some other perspectives in there, you know, uh, give some empowerment there to have some of your other teammates to help you. I think that's going to be a a great way of leadership and getting your team involved. And it's just going to help your culture. And I think it's going to help with a lot of things there. And uh, again, I just, I wanted to share some thoughts and ideas that I had there and just provide some context for, um, a post that I had, uh, posted out there from an interview that I had done for another show. And I, I really, uh, enjoy getting to do these one-on-ones and, and do these, uh, solo podcasts because they're a lot, of, a lot of fun for me. And again, this was a little more serious, uh, but it is something that I think is, is crucial and it's something that, uh, I felt like just needed to get out there. So I appreciate you letting me get on here and ramble a little bit. And if this was helpful for you at all. Then I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you could text me. I'll give my, my personal sales, 501-908-2395. Or you can email me, heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Uh, I'd love to, to hear you uh, hear your conversation on this. Uh, I'd love for you to be a part of that. And if you have some other thoughts and ideas you'd like to share on this, I'd love for you to be a guest on the show and let's have a conversation here. If you disagree with me completely, that's fine, too. I'd love to hear that, too. Uh, just you know, please feel free to reach out and let's let's have the conversation because uh, I, I think uh, there's not enough uh, conversation on leadership out there in the industry. And I think uh, it's tough right now, uh, and so uh, I wanted to have that conversation. And I hope this was uplifting. I hope you could have uh, some positive vibes walking out of this conversation because it means a lot to me, uh, guys. And continue uh, to listen to the show, uh, subscribe, like. Um, help me out in any way you can there because I can't do the show without you guys. Uh, I love you guys very much. And y'all mean a lot to me. And uh, I look forward to uh, upcoming uh, conversations. I've already got some uh, great guests lined up and some stuff recorded already with smart choice. And some conversations coming up with CoverDesk and some good friends of mine with uh, my friend, Angela, Uh, the Levines, Jason and Julie Levine are going to come in here. Tolga from Canopy Connect will be coming in soon. I recorded some stuff with them. And so I'm excited to uh, stay tuned. There's some good conversations. If you have some guest ideas, some content ideas, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun as we come into fall and we continue to keep our finger on the pulse on, the the hard market on the trends that's going on. And so uh, help me help you help me. And uh, let's uh, continue this conversation. And thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out the show today and hanging out with me and myself and I, (laughs) as we did a solo dolo and I loved it. Uh, Thanks again. Uh, I can't say it enough. I appreciate you guys more than you ever know. And I want to continue to put out content. I want to continue to be here for you as long as you'll let me and as long as you're enjoying it. So bring the feedback, keep coming at me. Uh, thank you for texting me 501-908-2395. My personal cell, not a Google number, not a fake number, not a, a bought number. This is my personal cell that I've had since college. So uh, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, guys. and I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.